we are excited um, to finally have a chance to share a little more. I know there's, there's a lot to share about our um, sabbatical period of, of rest and renewal, um, but we, we wanted to take an opportunity to, to share at least what we could on a Sunday morning, and then, of course, uh, we'd love to have more conversations and, and questions about those things um, with all of you um, in, in the weeks to come. A few weeks after we came back from sabbatical, I think it was early August, we were invited to a, a dinner over at the Baisley's house to, together with most of the deacon board. And Katie and I had uh, a wonderful opportunity that evening to share a good meal, sort of re, re-engage and reconnect in those relationships after our time away, uh, but also on that evening to share at some length sort of what, what God had done in our lives, how um, we had been encouraged, what we learned, what we were bringing back with us from this time of sabbatical. And so, so following that evening, we were encouraged by the deacon board to think about some way to, to do something similar with all of you. And we debated what format or, or where and when to do that, but settled on a Sunday morning as an opportunity really to have the, the greatest opportunity to talk to, to all of you and not to miss anybody. So I realized that there's a limitation in that we're, we're presenting and there's not space for, for questions and things like that um, here this morning. But again, we'd, we'd love um, for this to be the beginning of, of, of sharing with you. If, if there are certain things you wondered more about, please feel free to, to approach us and ask us. We wanted to, to share that with all of you. One, because we know that you care for us. You care about us. You've uh, you've expressed that over many years here in our relationship with JCC. And we wanted to share with you because we, we also recognize that you made a significant investment in us, that um, it, it's costly to this church in terms of, of energy and resources to allow us um, the, the, the period of, of rest and renewal that we've just come through. And so we want to also just start out by saying thank you uh, for noticing that need, for affirming that need to, to step back and to invite God to, to work in us in new ways. You're a, you're a special church family, and we are grateful for all of you. In the, the beginning of this year, in the, the months leading up to sabbatical, I, um, I don't think my clicker is working here. There we go. I started to connect with a retired pastor who now um, sort of coaches and counsels and is like a, a pastor to pastors in their families. And we were, we were talking about ministry and we were talking about sabbatical um, specifically. And his name's Tom. Tom said sometimes he um, encourages pastors he works with to, to think back over the course of their ministry and to think about different seasons, different periods of, of ministry like individual chapters. Right? Every, every chapter of our lives has different plot lines. There are surprise elements that we didn't expect. And usually there are, are places for growth, places where learning has taken place. And he said, of, of course, those, those chapters are rich places where God does work in our lives. But sometimes we need a, a break between chapters. And that's what he said, sabbatical um, can, can offer us a time of intentionally stopping, a time of, of not doing but, but reflecting. 
time when you can, you can stop for a moment and you can look back on the chapter you've just been through, right? Give thanks for what was good, maybe grieve what was difficult or hard, but also uh, a break where you can begin to think forward. With God's help, you can begin to anticipate what, what the next chapter coming up might look like, might be about. So if, if that metaphor holds up, it's been almost just shy of eight years ago that we started a new chapter in our lives when we moved here to Jericho. I can still remember, I think it was mid or late October was the first time I, I got to meet the whole congregation and preach here in the church. And there's, there's so much good that we can look back and see that's taken place in those eight years. Things God has done, relationships he's formed. He's, he's planted our family in this place. We've bought the, the first house we've ever owned here in Jericho. We have, we have roots in this community. So there's, there's so much good, but I think there's also, if I look back, a recognition that, that starting out in this place, this was the, the first and only calling I've had as a senior pastor of a church. There's also been a significant learning curve over those eight years. It's been a chapter of adaptation. It's been a chapter about learning how to lead in new ways. And I think it's also been a chapter where I've discovered some of my own limits. At some point, though, I, I could point to probably a few years back, probably somewhere in the midst of the pandemic, with all the excitement of, of learning how to grow with you and care for you and, and teach and, and learn what it means to be a minister to a congregation like this one. There was also, I think, a growing recognition in my own person that, that parts of my soul were, were feeling spent or, or tired or stretched. And that I, I probably needed to find a time to, to pause, to take that break between this chapter and, and the ones that I was hoping and praying God would continue to write in, in our lives and in, in our, our shared ministry together in this church in the years to come. And so that's, that's when I began to, to think seriously and pray seriously and work together with the deacon board on this idea of a sabbatical rest. Yeah, there we go. Uh, in the, the Gospel of Mark, there is a, a passage, a story that you're probably already pretty familiar with. But there, there's a, a period in which Jesus' ministry with his disciples is, is really rapidly expanding. It's a, a season of fullness. It's a season of exertion. It's even a season of, of success. The disciples have been sent out. They're noticing the, the power of God's word the power of, of the mission of the gospel. But, but as Jesus sees all of their excitement, Jesus also notices that his disciples are constantly surrounded by need, by opportunity for, for occasion to output. And it's in, in Jesus' recognition of that moment that Jesus says, I don't just want you to bring me to others. I want you to know what it is for, for me to come to you. I want you, you to remember that I've called you, first and foremost, to be with me. And so he says to them there in Mark 6, he says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Right, listen to that invitation. Come with me 
by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And we, we know actually from what happens next in that story that that window of rest was pretty short. It didn't take long before the crowds chased them down and, and found where Jesus and the disciples were and, and the needs came back again. But I love that Jesus looked at those that he loved and he expressed his desire to be with them. To have that time of, of rest in him. To give them a, a break between all the chapters of activity and ministry and mission. To know what it is just, just to enjoy company of his presence. And so that was maybe one of the, the core desires that framed what I went into sabbatical hoping for, praying for, asking for. And specifically, there were sort of three areas, three relationships in my life that I was seeking to, to invite God to renew and bring rest to in my life. And the first of those was my own personal relationship with him. Most of the, the pastors I know, and I would include myself in this grouping, struggle with the, the gift, but also the tension of having a job that's all about God, Right? We get to talk about Jesus. We get to teach about Jesus. We get to counsel others in the love and, and, and the wisdom and the truth of, of Jesus. But we can do so much of that that we can sometimes forget that, that God actually enjoys just knowing me, loving me, being with me. Sometimes all the doing for God gets in the way of being with God. And so the, the first priority I had on sabbatical was finding some way to slow down, to, to slow down the amount of doing and to make space for, for being. And so ironically, probably one of the biggest struggles in sabbatical you know, was, was what to do and learning that part of what to do was, was not to do, was to do less. Uh, one of the best gifts, I think, were a series of, of weeks and mornings where I didn't have a to-do list. I didn't wake up in the morning with, with things I needed to rush through and accomplish. I had time to take walks. I had time to read slowly. I had time uh, to, to listen to an audio uh, course on prayer uh, from, from the seminary where I had graduated from. But best of all, I, I had time to begin to notice God being with me through the whole day, right? Whether I was intentionally sort of being still and being quiet, whether I was working with Katie in the garden, whether I was doing projects around the house, whether I was getting things ready to make dinner. Right? In, in slowing down, I began to recover a new level of enjoyment of doing those things with God, realizing that God created me to live with him and not just for him. That, that took time to sort of settle into. There were a couple of books that I think were, were resources to me in this area that I, I connected with at a deep level on sabbatical. And, and one of them is uh, now considered a classic. It was written in uh, the middle part of the 20th century by a Swiss, uh, a Swiss, Swiss theologian named Hans Urs von Balthasar. And it's... Uh, it's theological, it's, it's dense, but it's full of these beautiful images of, of what a life of prayer looks like. 
what a relationship with God in that way looks like. And at one point early in that book, Balthazar talks about how the, the human condition, the human person is this mystery that we, whether we know it or not, have at our core this, this need, this desire to be a tabernacle for God's presence. But God has designed and created us to live in us. And he talks about how prayer is the means by which we discover and we experience and we, we even come to delight ourselves in that mystery that, that God desires to take up residence in us. His, his word desires to, to find a place of, of growth and flourishing in our lives. And so during sabbatical, I, I found myself with time to actually begin to savor that reality, to enjoy just the presence of God in a new way. It was hard to do that when I was always rushing to the next thing to get done. But it became possible when, when I was able to, to give that the priority it needed. Another book that also really encouraged me is a book that we're going to use as a congregation this fall. Um, it's a newer book. It just came out this year called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. And, and what was helpful there was just introducing a number of, of little ways, practices, habits, sort of make that idea of being with God, make the idea of practicing prayer, something that, that spread out into my daily routine. Many of you probably have grown up or, or been taught at some point in your Christian faith the practice of, of quiet time and in early, early in the morning sort of being with God. And I think that's a powerful way to begin our day. But at least in my own experience, often that felt like, like the one space in my day that I was sort of trying to cram all of my relationship with God and all my experience of prayer into those moments. And then life took over after that. And this book, I think, helped by by introducing other ways to be with God, other ways to think about prayer that, that could expand it and fill up the rest of, of the everyday kind of life and routines that I have. Different things that I, I've been trying out, one of the suggestions in the book was just to set a timer at various points in your day on your phone or whatever device you use. Um, and and to, to be specific about coming to God in, in, in certain ways. One of the things that I've tried to do at the middle of the day is just to set a timer to pray for whatever concerns are on my heart. Usually by the middle of the day, you're, you're working, you're in relationships, things have come up, and, and you have things you want to bring before God and ask him to work on or work in. So that, that became a practice that I'm learning. Another practice that I was encouraged to do was, um, was to practice daily looking back on the day and seeing where God's goodness, God's presence, God's consolation had, had met me. And so I bought a, uh, a calendar, one of those calendars that's half priced by the middle of the year because they're trying to get rid of them. Um, but it had a page for every day of the year. And so I would just take the day, the day, you know, that day, the Thursday or Monday or whatever it was, and just name four or five or six things um, during that day where, where I experienced God's goodness and love for me. These were, these were areas and, and aspects, I think, where that, that connection with God was being renewed. One other um, opportunity that I had about mid, mid-May was to go over to a YMCA lodge in the Adirondacks. 
Um, it's, a, it's called Silver Bay. It's on uh, Lake George. And they have a, a longstanding ministry to pastors and, and people in full-time ministry where they allow us to, to come there for a respite and, and rest and prayer. And so I was able to spend three days there on my own and I took some time to hike and be up in the mountains and to cycle. But, but actually, probably my favorite part of those days was sitting on the front porch. You can see it up here. And just sometimes spending two or three hours um, on the porch with a cup of coffee and, and just reading a little bit, maybe listening to some worship music, but just practicing that idea of being with God having nothing else I had to do. It's funny, it's, that's such a, a simple thing. Right? It, it didn't take a, a lot of, of work to just come and be with God. But it, it feels such, like such a, a rare experience in my everyday life that I have time, time to waste, time to spare to do that. One last source of renewal in, in that personal relationship with God, that worshiping relationship, was just the chance to get to be a parishioner on Sunday mornings rather than a pastor. Um, we, we were able to go to several area churches. We spent several Sundays at St. Timothy's over in Williston where we have friends and I know um, a pastor there. I was able to visit my friend Tyler's church over in Georgia Plain, Vermont. And it was, it was just a, a blessing to get to listen to and receive God's word from others and to, to be with the church um, but, but just to, to get to soak in that experience. So those, those were ways that I think God ministered to and, and met me in that desire to experience renewal in my relationship with him. That was, was at the top of my sabbatical list, but, but right next to it was the desire to experience renewal in my family relationships. Being a uh, Pastor, being a husband, and being a dad simultaneously is something I'm still figuring out. Right? It's, it's not always easy to know how to show up in each of those places and to give each of those callings the, the time that they need, the care that they need. And I, I make mistakes, I, I struggle, I, I bring those things before God regularly. But this sabbatical, I think, offered a unique opportunity to, to just attend in a, in a new way or a different way to, to our family for a season. I can remember the, the first night that our sabbatical began, looking at Katie and saying, it's just, it's a relief. It's, it's a gift to have only these relationships to, to care for and to think about for the next three months, to, to take time to focus on those things in a new way, to be available to the, the kind of needs that come up day to day with our families. So we, we did have special times that we set aside those three months. We traveled down to Washington, D.C. and Virginia. We spent some time with family down there. Um, we were able to carve out um, a trip in the early summer up to Prince Edward Island, which is a place we'd always wanted to go as a family, and, and we had the time to drive. 13 or 14 hours one way. <laughs> um, we spent time over in the Adirondacks with Katie's family in the summertime. And we also, uh, Katie and I, really wanted to, to find a time to carve out for just the two of us to invest in our, in our relationship and in our marriage. And we were able to get up to, to Maine for, I think, eight days, just the two of us. My parents, 
Katie's family came in to help out to make that possible. So rather than, than share a lot about that renewal, just from my perspective, I wanted to, to give Katie the chance to share with you some of how, how God was working in her life and the life of our family in, in bringing about renewal. Um, cast your cares upon Jesus, for he cares for you. My past year of sabbatical has been a long lesson in literally handing over the crushing weight of anxiety, grief, and care to the only one who can truly care for it. This lesson is not a new one. It's the same one that I embraced when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was 17. This year, however, the grief of losing my two beloved grandmothers who had enormous impact on my life in the same day, the anxiety of caring for my family through difficult circumstances, and even the voice of self-accusation that my sins are too many for me to be in ministry was debilitating. I desperately needed to stand back and heal and hear the voice of Jesus. To be honest, for the past two years, I couldn't imagine what it would like be like to go on sabbatical and to step away. Um, God has designed me, as I'm learning, as a rescuer, as a leader, as someone who sees problems coming down the chute and wanting to like fix them before they happen. But I felt like I was fighting evil, protecting my kids, and taking on the responsibility for many, many needs all at the same time. I was carrying more weight than I could possibly carry, and I was sinking. Thank God for sabbatical, and for me for taking a sabbatical before sabbatical. <laughs> um, I was able to get 12 sessions of biblical counseling from a Christian counselor. I walked beside a cohort of Christian women who were intentionally studying the Bible and listening to the voice of Jesus and listening to what, one another. And I laid down responsibilities and expectations of myself and others in order to hear the voice of Jesus. These were huge helps on my journey. My college roommate happened to have a training in Vermont almost every month and came and stayed with me and was able to hear what was going on every month last year. And that was amazing. <laughs> um, my greatest challenge, though, was literally stepping away from my children for 10 days to be alone with Dave in the wilderness of Maine and to trust that our parents, with God's help, would care for our kids. <laughs> and the help of you guys, so thank you very much. My neighbors, <laughs> my friends. We camped in Baxter State Park in a secluded cabin on a lake. We hiked the Appalachian Trail, visited waterfalls, saw, like, stayed at the base of Mount Katahdin. We camped in the ocean, in the ocean, next to the ocean, <laughs> in Acadia State Park, and we hiked, um, we biked, and we were able to go on a lobster tour, um, learned a lot about the area. Um, and then finally, we rested for two and a half days um, in Algonquit, just on the ocean, and 
literally stopped and processed and reflected, um, looking back through our lives, what Jesus had done and what he was calling us to do next. Completely stepped back. There was a moment as we were hiking in Baxter State Park when I asked Dave to pray for me to discern God's voice and direction for my life. Instead of us pulling at opposite ends of a rope for time and margin to care for the needs around us, I wanted to be pulling together in the same direction. I know Dave has spoken about the book Boundaries, but my greatest takeaway from this sabbatical is that with God's help, I need to discern what burdens are mine to carry and what ones I truly need to cast upon Jesus and what ones we hold together. Two weeks ago, um, I had the opportunity to step into my design as a rescuer, and I um, dove into the water to save my puppy from a strainer where he was going down. And as I got there, I realized it was really scary, and I screamed for help. Kathy Smithers was on the shore, and uh, Pete and Christian jumped into the river after me. And I did pull my puppy out of the strainer. He was saved. And I am so grateful that God gave me the ability to swim really well. I'm a good swimmer. I'm a lifeguard. I'm a wilderness first responder. And when I see an emergency, I go after it. But I cannot live in that state of anxiety all the time. <laughs> it just wears you down. Um, so I stepped out of that and I was like, thank you, Lord, <laughs> for giving me this um, gift. But thank you, Lord, that you carry my life and the lives of the people I love. My challenge coming out of sabbatical is to listen to Jesus and co-serve with him and to lean into my marriage with Dave, to truly be partners in life and parenting and serving. Practically, I'm trying to commit to memorizing scripture and calling it to mind throughout the day and living from the strength and the love of God. I'll close my story with Psalm 66. Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. And thank you, Christian, for playing Power of Your Love. My family um, sang that song together at my grandmother's funeral, and it was just a blessing and a reminder of God's work in our lives, and I'm grateful. I want to share um, just one, one last area, briefly, um, that that I had identified coming into the sabbatical, um, just asking for renewal. And that was in the relationship I have with all of you as, as a pastor and, and you guys as our church family. Um, 
It's evident that you love us and you care for us and about us. And you've, you've probably picked up over the years the way we, we talk about this church is as our family. You very much are our extended family. These relationships are, are a huge part of, of who we are today. And that's, that's a huge gift to us. It's also, I think, an area that, that we continue to need to, each one of us, not just the pastor, but each one of us as the body of Christ, grow into and discern how, how do we fit into this family? What has God called each one of us to do? What has God gifted each one of us to do? And I think as, as Katie has just shared as well, what, what are our limits? What hasn't God given us to do <laughs> within that family? Um, again, to, to go back to the, the Boundaries book, that was a book that I had given myself to read during sabbatical. And if, if you are, are someone that feel stretched by the needs or expectations that come in relationships in your family context, in church context, work context. Um, yeah, I can't recommend this book enough. It's, it's simple, it's accessible, but I think it speaks to us about, about how God meets us and, and wants us to take responsibility for ourselves, but also that we have limits. And one of the, one of the short ideas that stuck with me from early in the book is just this simple idea where the authors affirm that we are responsible to other people. We have responsibilities to one another in life and in the body of Christ. But ultimately, we, ultimately we can only be responsible for ourselves. For me, part of, of growing as a pastor and, and discerning my, my calling going forward is understanding what God has has given me a responsibility to you as my church family to do, to, to care for you, to help teach you, to help shepherd you, but also recognizing that I can only be responsible for myself, right? what I choose, how I am being faithful to the call of Jesus on my life. And I need to encourage you and entrust each of you to be responsible for how you're following Jesus with your lives your choices. One of the things that I think I, I discerned in this period was my, my own need for help as a pastor. Um, that I, I needed to be pastored as well. Um, being, being a pastor doesn't qualify, or sorry, doesn't disqualify you from the, the need for pastoral care, but it's, it's hard to figure out who does that when you're the, the senior pastor in a church. So I mentioned earlier that at the start of the year, I reached out to someone who actually now more or less does this uh, full time. Uh, Tom Friedrichs and his wife, Karen. Some of you may recognize them. They're in the photo here. But they, they spent several decades in ministry, full-time ministry here in Vermont. They moved several years ago to southern Virginia. And now what they do is they come alongside people who are in full-time ministry, to listen to them, to coach them, to counsel them, and just to kind of care about them like a pastor would. So I had the chance in the, the first part of the year to, to meet with Tom several times on Zoom. And then um, Katie and I had the chance at the end of April to actually go down and spend a few nights there uh, at their home in Southern Virginia. They, they've turned the home God's given them into what they call broom tree landing, which if you remember the story of Elijah, um, 
It's where God met him in the desert and provided a season of renewal and soul care and rest for, for Elijah after a, a time when he was really weary of ministry. Um, so just having a few evenings to be pastored and cared for and invited uh, to reflect on and, and tell our story of ministry over the past eight years um, was a huge gift to us. And I remember waking up uh, one of the mornings we were there and just, just feeling that um, in, in a really direct and powerful way, the, the care and the love of God being ministered through others to me and to my family. And there was also a sense in that moment that that was a gift that all of you had, had given us by providing us with this time of sabbatical. Um, and that, that really spoke to me at a deep, a deep place. Uh, Tom has continued to walk with me. We meet about every month on, sabbat on, on sabbatical, on Zoom. Um, and one of the things that he's helping me work on now is how do I come back from sabbatical and with some of the rhythms and boundaries and things that, that we've learned in that time of rest, what do those look like in, in the middle of everyday life, in the, the middle of, of normal rhythms of work and ministry? And so those are, those are things I'm learning to put into place and I'd love to, to talk about with any of you. But I wanted to leave you with, with one, um, one application or question for you to think about. I know probably in, in your lines of work, you may not have uh, the opportunity for a sabbatical in the same way. Um, that we have just been given and gifted. But I, I wonder, where might you need a break between chapters? Where might, where might God be inviting you intentionally to actually stop and rest? To hear his voice, to sense the love of Jesus just to be with you and near to you. And for you, for you to be able to, to tell him the story you've just been through, the chapter you've just come through, and also to discern maybe the chapter he, he's leading you into. And I'm, I'm sure that's a big question. It's probably not straightforward exactly how to do that. But if that's a desire you have, um, I'd love to get coffee with you, to sit down with you, and just think about what, what would it look like for you to carve out that time? What would it look like to be intentional um, to open up that margin or space? And, and how might you structure that time um, to, to begin to invite God to, to care for you and renew you as well. Right? That these, these gifts of renewal wouldn't just be ones for, for Katie and, and myself, but ones God is, is actively sowing into your lives as well. So let me, let me pray for, for us and, and pray in gratitude for the gift that you, you've blessed us with as well. Jesus, I thank you that you have created us as, as stewards over creation, as workers in your garden, as those who can go in the mission and, and name of Jesus. But above all that, you first created us to look upon you, to reflect your face and your likeness and your image to walk with you in the good gift of the garden where your presence is seen at every turn and felt. Lord Jesus, I, I just pray you would restore to each one of us 
the goodness and gift of being known and loved by you. And thank you for the ways that you have, have sown that into us um, these, these past months. And give you thanks for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.